You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome one, welcome all, O ye faithful scholars, you glorious pilgrims, come to our great ivory tower of footballology, specifically Cowboys footballology. You can tell because it's got a blue and white star at the top of the tower. I am Dr. Rabble Rouser, and always, as always, joining me is the eminent Cowboysologist, Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you today, sir? I am fantastic. I love uh, I love the thought of like some blinking star, you know, just like the signal, you know, the, this it's is the beacon, the beacon. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a great time after what we witnessed uh on Sunday. And I will oh, tell you sure what, is. I am just in I'm just in good spirits because I just like this time of year. It's uh, I'm close to having my Christmas holiday, my vacation, to where I'll just have no work, and then we got a great slate of Cowboys football games with like three really fun games coming up. Uh, so I'm just like excited to just get in my my jammies and get my hot cocoa and watch some Cowboys football. It's it's it's, it's just a good time of year, you know. No work, family football, just. I don't know. It just puts me in good spirits. And I honestly think, Rabs, this is my favorite time of the year. Just the season and everything. It just It's hard not to be happy. So I wanted to ask you, like, what is your favorite time of the year? Well, this is funny because um, there's a couple of different things that overlap. So we've talked before about our favorite um, times of the year, um, specifically about sports, right? right? Like, yes. what are our favorite sports times, our favorite sports weekends, et cetera. And my favorite sports month, as, I, as we've talked about, is October because mm-hmm. you're getting just on the cusp of, like, you know, college basketball and basketball and hockey. Those things are all starting. If you, you Obviously, you have the, the, the uh, baseball playoffs, and it, you're getting into the second month of the NFL season. And given that we've talked about so many times, the first month of the season tends to be effectively preseason you're actually starting to get into real football for the first time yeah plus on top of that is the fact that i just love fall i love the the sort of change in the air from the hot summer especially here on the in the northeast where you get the humid summer and all of a sudden uh, the humidity goes away and you've got that kind of spice of of leaves in the air you have the leaves falling you know we're we're here in the northeast we have you know really great change of color uh you know in that season and um you know, as as we start to head into 
uh, Halloween and and Thanksgiving, you know, you, it's just it's just a, a sort of wonderful feeling of of like the world is changing mm-hmm. and we're all starting to hibernate, but it's still like it's not cold out yet. It's just it's just nice and crisp, and I just really love it. So I mean, weekends are awesome because there's all these great games on. There's the stuff. There's there's baseball playoffs every night. Uh, you know, the, the weather's fantastic. It's fun to drive around because everything's beautiful. It's just like pretty much everything is is perfect during October. Yeah, no, I, it's hard to argue with that too. I, I also like that part of the year as well. I honestly, to be, I, I really enjoy all the different seasons, you know, all the transitions, because I feel mm. like there's just something great go, that goes on um, in each of them. And uh, so, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I, I think you're right. I think I've, if you, there's something about like each season gets like it gets a little tiring, and then it, and then we have a transition yeah. to the next one. And it's always something really, really great about it. But speaking of great. There are a few things that, that are greater than a win over the hated Philadelphia oh, Eagles. That will never get tiring. No. Never get tiring. I could do that every week for the rest of my life. So, listen, uh, before we move on to talk about this week's tilt against the uh, Buffalo Bills, a, a, an uncommon opponent, let's let's dwell a little bit longer if we can. Drink some more of those Eagles tears Absolutely. If we can, and talk about the, the, the uh, dominating win over a more common opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we get into that, I, I, I don't want to leave you hanging because I know you really want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, do have a, I do have a question for you. As we look forward to the Buffalo and Miami sort of road trip double dip, mm-hmm. um, this gives the Cowboys a chance in the next two games to sweep the AFC East. And so I guess my question for you was, when was the last time they accomplished that feat? Oh man! So when I saw first saw your question, when you gave me the gave me the little the homework assignment, I love these by the way because I love to challenge my memory and I like to see if I can do it. And you know, I'll be honest with you, my memory is not as sharp as it once was. But when it comes to Cowboys things, that's that's the best it's going to get. So uh, I really wanted to see how far I could go. So I mean, so I went. I want you to work through me here, Abs, and because uh, I'm you know I might get some things wrong because i want to be honest with you i actually don't know the answer to this question but i think i might have an idea and we'll okay. we'll see so uh, working back obviously 2019 we know we lost the bills and you know and we remember that game and i, I and the jets are yeah and the jet and the patriot yeah we lost yeah. oh my goodness yeah so we can rule that out too so i started going backwards and i got to 2015 and it's like i can't remember like everything that happened but i do remember the patriots game like it was, you know, it was obviously a terrible that season. Was, that was, uh, Romo was out and they got, they got, they held in there for a little while. Craig Hardy had a, like a, a nice play. Hardy had a great, yeah, There was yeah, a yeah. chance I thought we had to win. But anyway, so we lost that. So I know that was it. But then I realized, wait a minute, Patriots, we haven't beaten those guys in forever. So I was like, yep. I just went and skipped the entire rest of the 2000s and back to 1999. That, no. So I had to start at 96 and I'm thinking through the games and I remember the, Colts, who were in the division at the time, we lost to them. Went on a last-second Chris Bonio field goal that doinked off the goalpost, so we had a chance mm-hmm. to win the game. So that didn't happen. So that brings me to '93, and I can't remember every game that season, but I certainly remember two particular games against AFC East opponents. Let's starting with the uh, 
second game of the season where we lost to the Bills when Aikman threw a pick. Who we had crushed in the Super in Bowl the, the year before. Yes, and we were disappointed, of course. That put out the bat signal for Emmett Smith, and he got signed mm-hmm. and whatnot. But also, too, another very memorable game is the Thanksgiving Miami snow game. So That's that didn't happen right. to you. So scratch that. And so after that, it brings us back to where, like, I think 90 or something. Remember, they're terrible during those those years. I don't think it happens uh, then. I, I All the way, I, I'm having a tough time with the 80s. I know we weren't good in the late 80s and Landry's year. Uh, Landry's last years. I do remember, uh, and I think it's 1984. I could have the year off. Now, remember, we kind of switched up because we went from every four years to every three years because the divisions were different. But I do. Well, so here's my question for you. What year did that start where you would play an entire dedicated division in the other conference? I forget. I don't remember. See, 93 was the first year. Ni- they did 93. That. Okay. So, yeah, first year they did it against, against the AFCE. So, so you actually did a really great job of going through the history. And every year they've lost at least one, if not more than one. Uh, so that they've they've swept every other AFC division at some point in, in in this time period, but they've never swept the AFC East at all. Never, not once. Oh my goodness! No. So I was no, going to predict not. in like late seventies. I didn't have a year. I remember no. like the Dolphins. Do you remember the Monday night game? I think it was eighty four, where it was fighting for our playoff lives and. Threw a pass that like bounced off someone's leg into Tony Hill's hands, and he ran down the sideline, and we scored a touchdown. But the Dolphins end up winning that game and threw sure knocked do. us out of the playoffs. So I knew I knew that year it didn't happen, but that's as far back as my memory could go. I figured somewhere in the late '70s because the Cowboys were so good that they probably had a season there that happened, but I I didn't know what it was. So they, they, for all those years, they used to schedule nfc versus afc games, but they were more random. They were against teams from different. Uh, divisions as opposed to everybody getting the sort of same fair shake by playing the same teams in the same division. Hmm. So, so ever since they started that scheduling um, method for want of a better term, where you'll play everybody in your division plays um, all the teams in another division, you know, so that sort of the, the schedule is a little bit more fair and equitable. They've never swept the AFC East. So they're the next couple of weeks, they have a rare opportunity wow. to do something they haven't done. Man, so you were setting me up for ever. failure. I didn't even realize that the answer was never. You know, I mean, you you could blame me, or you could, you know, Kadarius Tony can blame the referees, or maybe he can just take it take <laughs> it on himself. It's just, you know, he, he penalized himself, my friend. So yeah, no, you're you're absolutely you're, you're right. I, I did kind of this is this is a, tr- a trick one a little bit, but I think the this is a, an opportunity for the Cowboys to do something they've never done. I mean, as you said. For years and years and years, it was always the Patriots. From 2003 to 2015, they lost to the Patriots every time yeah. they played them. Um, uh, but since then, since the Patriots have been uh, more beatable, um, they've lost to some to some other team. Uh, in 2019, as you as you noted, was you know an abject humiliation losing to the to the Bills, the Patriots, and of all teams, the Jets. Um, so, a uh, couple of important important games. Um, we're gonna get into the bills more before we do as promised let's talk a little bit about the win over the hated philadelphia eagles let me let me just ask this question was there anything about the outcome that changed your feeling your opinion whatever about the 2023 dallas cowboys yeah i mean i i mean we talked about this last week that 
I, I was expecting the Cowboys to take care of business. Um, but I feel like the part of that might have been more a little bit of wishful thinking and just wanting to believe into what I've been seeing. And, uh, but in my mind, it's like, is it really going to happen? And then it really did happen. And I, I want to say that, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about Mike McCarthy, um, in this over, over the year. And to me, I feel like there's two possible paths. And one of which is, um, Mike McCarthy is just not cut out to, uh, keep up with the the way the game's involved evolved and just I feel like it's better days are past him and then you know I think that Dan Quinn was a blessing he, McCarthy's defenses were really bad in in his first year with Dallas and for eight last eight years with Green Bay and I feel like he was just very very uh, lucky to have Aaron Rodgers and I, I I won't go into a big thing I think there's part there's just part of me that's like feels like has a lot of doubt with Mike McCarthy. Then there's this other part, which is you, you kind of helped educate me there that McCarthy has a plan. He's a very experienced head coach. And obviously that part's true. And, and he knows about how to go, how to go about this. And he, he's has a plan. He's following his plan. And these things are now starting to fall into place. And with each new game, we are seeing more evidence of that type of thing. So, I do feel better about this Cowboys team. I really believe that the Cowboys are the second best team in the league. I wish that things could line up to where they're not on a direct target with the Niners because I think this is going to this could be one of those seasons where they finally move past the divisional round unless they end up facing those guys in the divisional round. So, yeah, I guess what I saw, I, I saw a coach that was aggressive. I mean, right from the get-go, Take the kick out of the end zone, Devontae Turpin, because I am going to have my foot on the gas this whole time. You know, the, his his decisions to go for it. He was the aggressor. And honestly, I just felt like he kept wanting to go for the jug, the jugular. He had super confidence in his team. Look at what he let Brandon Aubrey do. I mean, just the list goes on. I just feel like McCarthy might have it. And this is different for me to say because, you know, I have not felt that way you know, for a long time. So starting to come around, I think, um, still have some doubts, but that's, that is how I feel like I have changed Rabs. Any, anything about this that has moved anything for you, or is it just basically business as usual? I think it's business as usual, which uh, for me, I really feel like I, I thought I knew who these teams were and, uh, that game in almost every way was confirmation of what I thought. Right, which is that this is this Eagles team is nowhere near as good as they have been. They're actually a very limited team. Um, they're they only have a couple of weapons on offense, and even you know even if AJ Brown gets his, they're still yeah, they're going to struggle and a little bit. He did bit. get his on. He, he did get his, but it doesn't really matter. And he got his against San Francisco, and it didn't matter the previous week. You know, um, they're 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 not a multi-dimensional offense anymore. Uh, and they have some significant problems on defense. I, I do feel like the game basically was, I, I feel like the Cowboys approached the game as if it was over at halftime. After they after they had that drive right before the half where they, where they went down the field in, a, in about a minute and a half and scored. And that, that pass, my God, that pass to Brandon Cooks was so beautiful. Uh, the one that we caught right at the goal line, almost, almost crossed the goal line. Um, 
and, and it was just such a great drive and such an aggressive drive, as you were just saying. They were like, "Nope, we 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 have confidence. We can do this. We're gonna we're gonna drive down and do this." But then once they did, I think they thought, you know, the 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 Eagles are not as good as us. The only way they can get back into the game is if we do something stupid and we we you know try to open it up. There's no there's no reason to open it up now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we got prevent defense. I feel like we got very careful offense, and that prevented the game from being something like forty four to, to to six or you know. 48 to 13 or something. I think it could have been significantly worse than it was had the Cowboys continued to to, keep, to put the pedal on the gas. Um, I think one of these days the Cowboys are going to like play a playoff game and they're going to be hyped the whole game and something like 48 to 13 is going to happen uh, because that's the kind of team they are. I really think that they are. And I think they're the only team in the league that can actually go into San Francisco and go toe to toe with the 49ers. I, I don't, I, I don't have confidence that they can go in and, and, win i don't have confidence that they'll necessarily automatically go in and lose but i agree with you i think there are two elite teams in the league and that it's the cowboys and 49ers and i just i just hope that through some sort of scheduling quirk or weird playoff outcome that the two of them can can get to the nfc championship game because boy that's going to be a battle royale my friend i tell you what i mean it's it's weird i mean the cowboys haven't had we we all know they haven't been to a conference championship in since you know 95 and it, it, since it's all you back you go back to that those 90s where the cowboys and the 49ers were it they were it and so i'm hoping that you know we're kind of coming full circle and that's where we go again those two teams and i'll tell you what when the cowboys did get in the super bowl guess who was waiting for them it was this buffalo team so i, I want to yeah. find out about this buffalo team so rabs what do you say we ha- have time for a little Rabbles Roundup? It's time for Rabbles Roundup. There's a lot to talk about here. I think, you know, you know that the Rabbles Roundups are always a little bit more um, uh, thorough and robust when we're playing an uncommon opponent, right? There's not as much to say when, when we're playing an NFC East team, for example, because we know them, we see them every year. We haven't played this team in a while, um, and they're a little bit different team than they were. So, um, as always, you know, we're going to go down the spine of the team from the owner down through the quarterback, because I really do believe that that's the heart of, of every NFL team. I'm going to open this up by asking you, since this is an uncommon opponent, albeit one that is in the news somewhat because they are uh, and have been a good team and a division-winning team uh, for the last you know several years. What do you know about the Buffalo Bills? Like, If we think about their owner, their GM, their head coach, their offensive coordinator, and their quarterback as their spine, who among those different people do you know, and what do you know about them? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to be a student of this little seminar because I don't know much at all. Obviously we all know about Josh Allen and uh, you know, how he's, what kind of quarterback he's been, you know, since he's entered the league. And um, I will say this, I do know a little bit about Sean McDermott because, you know, we were a little familiar with him on the other side of the, you know, when he was with uh, the Eagles with Andy Reed, uh, I don't know the exact years then, but uh, during re during Reed's years. So it's been a while. Uh, mm-hmm. and then of course he's been the Buffalo coach for the last three or four years or whatever. Uh, but I don't know anything about anyone else. So Rabs, lay it on me. 
Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting sort of like connections in history here, uh, and we'll, we'll, so I'll try to I'll try to, to kind of unpack some of this. So let's start with our owner. Uh, excuse me, Terry Pagula bought the team um, from the original owner and team founder Ralph Wilson, who was the basically original like AFL um, owner. For Bills fans, I think it's good because Pagula tends to be a pretty hands-off owner. I think he's a very quiet guy who stays behind the scenes. Uh, unlike, for example, uh, David Tepper, who we talked about in Carolina uh, when we talked about the Panthers, another less common opponent. Um, so he got there. He, in he inherited Rex Ryan. He went through Rex Ryan, went through Doug Marone, uh, I think interim coach Anthony Lynn. And then in 2014, after, he, after I think his third year there, he hired Sean McDermott. And then Sean McDermott actually brought in their GM, a guy named Brandon Bean, who he knew his, from his time in Carolina. So Brandon Bean actually came in the following year. So that duo have done a really, really good job resuscitating what had been a laughing stock, a moribund franchise. The Bills made the playoffs in five of the six years since McDermott's got there. But the first time they did it was the first time in 17 years that they'd been in the playoffs. So we talk about the Cowboys playoff drought and all that kind of stuff. We talk about how, how the, the Cowboys are so, you know, so bad. Dude, 17 years not even making the playoffs. Please. And the funny thing is a lot of those years they weren't like a four and you know four and twelve team. They were like they they usually had like seven, eight, nine wins. They were close most years, just never made it. It's incredible. Um Pagula uh smartly gave both men contract extensions recently that run through twenty twenty seven. So it seems like this this team is gonna be in charge in Buffalo for a while. Uh, and the year before Bean got there, which is the 2017 draft, McDermott started the rebuild by drafting Tredavious White. He got uh, interior offensive lineman Deion Dawkins, who has been really great, and linebacker Matt Milano, who is uh, a great coverage linebacker. I think a lot of people would say that he may be, he, when he's healthy in recent years, may be the second best all-around linebacker in the league after Fred Warner. <laughs> so um, they these guys all became immediately franchise cornerstones who were given long-term contract extensions at the end of their rookie contracts. So the cupboard wasn't entirely bare when Bean got to work. Um but nonetheless, his first move is really going to be his kind of hallmark move. He traded up aggressively in the 2018 draft to get Josh mm -hmm. Allen. And that's the thing that's going to define his tenure. Yeah. And uh, to their credit, like a lot of people, they were very, people were very split on Allen, right. you know, and to their credit, Buffalo had a vision for him. They've executed the best way to support him. And they've lived in, and died on Allen's arms and legs and mostly lived. You know, I mean, he's, we'll talk about this more, but he is a deluxe high variance but deluxe talent. So let's talk a little bit about, about McDermott, who's the head coach, but he's also their defensive coordinator uh, and was in some ways started a, a trend away from hiring coaches who were offensive minds. You know, and he sort of showed that a defensive, uh, a, you know, a defensive coach could be a successful coach. Um, and, and so you were just referencing that he had been in Philadelphia. He, he's a defensive guy who learned at the feet of legendary defensive coordinator, Jim Johnson. McDermott, uh, left Philadelphia, went to Carolina, where he worked under Ron Rivera, who, with whom he'd worked in Philadelphia, right? So he was he was Rivera's defensive coordinator. McDermott established that aggressive 4-3 scheme that he had, he had learned, uh, you know, at Johnson's feet and finished top 10 in defense four times in six years there with Luke Keekley as his as his middle linebacker and a bunch of other really great players, including that incredible Panthers run that they had in 2015, where their defense was just dominant. And, um, and I thought, I thought they were going to destroy Denver in the Super Bowl. Frankly, they were so good that year. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So he took that same aggressive defensive velocity to, to Buffalo and immediately got to work to build a dominant defense around, as I said before, Tredavious White and uh, Rich Milano. Over the years, they've spent a lot of top 100 picks to acquire guys in defensive tackle. Ed Oliver, who they got with the ninth overall pick in 2019. They got defensive ends, A.J. Epinesa and Gregory Rousseau um, in 2020 and 2021, respectively. They got Boogie Basham in the year, the, the, the round after Rousseau in 21. They drafted cornerback Kier Elam, who in the first round in 22, although he's been basically a healthy scratch for most of his career and it seems to be a, like, the definition of bust and they spent um spent, spent high picks on a couple of linebackers and Trell bernard and dory williams so there's a lot of talent across that defense i think that he really wants to build the defense unfortunately they haven't been the same kind of dominant punishing unit that he enjoyed in cal excuse me in carolina and in philadelphia or even frankly one that he's had in buffalo in recent years i think one of the issues is that uh White got injured for the year in week four. Milano, I don't even know how long he's been up, but he's, he's, he's they're basically both on IR and out for the year. Um, Von Miller, you know, uh, he's not the same kind of guy he was years ago, but he's missed games. As we know, he's been in the headlines. Their defensive backfield has size and length, but is slow to recover. So they're in the middle of the road in a couple of defensive categories, like passing yards allowed per game and, and yards per attempt, but they're down the bottom in terms of completion percentage allowed, and they're the sixth worst in the league in terms of uh, allowing explosive passing plays. So I think that's particularly problematic because their pass rush actually isn't bad. They're one of the best in the NFL uh, in terms of um, not giving quarterbacks time, but their DB's coverage times are low, but they're averaging a, a league-leading um, they have a pretty high sack percentage, but they're they're averaging, as I said before, a lot of explosives and a lot of completions. So um, I think that this is a team that has a back seven as long as the Cowboys offensive line can hold up a back seven. That's pretty exploitable. Um, and there are further, further, I think this is a, another game like the Eagles game was where the, the Mike McCarthy and his staff could try to tune up the running game in anticipation of the playoffs and winter football. The, the bills rank 31st in average yards allowed per carry or 22nd in rushing yards per game allowed. And they've given up 25, uh, explosives 10 yards or more which is third most in the nfl so that's not pretty how about on offense on offense i think the picture is better for buffalo and i think this is where the cowboys need to be nervous um team has been inconsistent Let, let's not let's not lie about that uh at times they've been prolific they absolutely destroyed miami when miami was on a heater earlier in the year but other times they looked really sluggish and they have like inexplicable inexcusable losses to bad teams uh throughout the year and and part of that's because the offense has been so up and down. 
Um, and I think that that up and down nature eventually forced head coach McDermott to relieve uh, the former offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, who has you know, been in the league, several, you know, with a bunch of different teams. And, um, and so they got rid of Dorsey and, um, and promoted Joe Brady, uh, Buffalo's quarterbacks coach. What do we know about him and what, and what's been happening? Because I think their, their offense has changed in the last few weeks. And it's been most people who are close to Buffalo says it's been better. So he comes from the Sean Payton coaching tree. He started, he started in new Orleans before he started working with LSU. He worked at, uh, under, under Payton in new Orleans, runs a lot of the same concepts. He's, he's, he's on record as saying his philosophy is uh, on offense is to force the defense to defend every blade of grass. So what that really, and wants to get a speed and space. So what that really means is he's going to challenge you both vertically and horizontally. He likes three by one bunch formations, use a lot of motion and shifts in, and, and those kind of formations to, to create mismatches, to get his guys open, to get quarterbacks, easy reads. Um, he likes to go, he likes to go, to go empty and use f- five wide receiver sets to spread out defenses. Um, he likes to he likes to be balanced though. He wants to do he doesn't want to rely on anything too much. So he'll, we're going to see five step concepts. We're going to see screens. We're going to see runs. We're going to see play action. We're going to see a, the, the whole the whole bag, and we're going to see the quarterback running. Um, they have improved offensively the last three weeks. In particular, their ability to move the chains has been enhanced by passing to the running back. So the Bills have completed in the last couple of three weeks twenty three passes for two hundred fifty seven yards to the backs. And uh, 14 of those were to James Cook, who's really emerged as a, as a, as a very, very clear, like, bell cow lead running back. Um, Bill's backs have averaged 7.6 catches and 85.6 receiving yards per game for the past three games. In the first t- t- 10 games in comparison, they averaged basically half that, ten, four catches and 32 receiving yards. So um, the Bills offer several things that I think the Cowboys this year have struggled with. Right, uh, uh, they run the ball well. They're going to start to run the ball. Uh, the Cowboys are not great against defending the run. And I think one of the other things that happens, especially because the Cowboys do like to play some man-to-man, is there's been times when they've been hurt by passes underneath. Uh, uh, and I think that the and passes to running backs, to tight ends, and things like that underneath. They do have a cadre of athletic tight ends. So I think there's there are some matchup issues I think here for the Cowboys philosophically that are presented by. The Bills' offense, particularly as as it's begun to sort of morph under Brady, the biggest matchup challenge, probably, however, is still is still presented by their quarterback, Josh yes. Allen. So let, let me ask you, as as a way to get into this, what do you know about Allen? Tell us tell us about Josh Allen as a player. You know what I what I know about him is he came into the league with this monster arm, uh, a little bit uh, erratic with his decision making. So I look like one of those guys that where it's going to take some developing, you know I mean? Cause what, I think he was the, yeah, he was part of that quarterback class. There was a lot of first rounders where mm-hmm. you had Josh Rosen mm-hmm. and Darnold, you mentioned already and Baker Mayfield. And so, you know, but quarterbacks that aren't even in the league anymore, um, they're, you know, ahead of him, but uh, then you, but he's the guy, you know, he, that, that strong arm turned into someone who actually is a playmaker. And of course he's done a lot of stuff on the move to where, I mean, he's arguably one one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, I, I, I think he's a fantastic player. But there is a little bit of, little bit of Jekyll Hyde to him. You know, I, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to use that phrase. I mean, because he's not so mistake prone, although this season a little bit so. But uh, he is, he can make mistakes. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, so I think in some ways we can look at this season he's having as being very similar to the season that Dak Prescott had last year, where he's being put into too many situations where he's been, he's expected to play hero ball, right? And when that happens, you're going to have mistakes happen because it's really hard to do that. I also think that he's the kind of poster child for the gunslinging quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like that's, the, he'll make plays that you just can't believe because like the, the arm talent that he possesses is, is so rare. And also he's such a good runner and, and, you know, he'll just absolutely kill you running the ball, but then he'll also like roll out and try to hit a guy when he's on the run or he's in the grasp and, and make an errant pass right to a defensive player. Yeah. So supremely gifted, high variance player in 2023. He's tied to the league lead with Sam Howell interceptions uh, and he's thrown one in each of the last nine games. So he's very consistent in that regard. Let's hope, let's um, hope it's the, 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 there's two, a couple of games where he hasn't thrown one. The bills have won those two games by a combined score of 86 to 30. Mm. Um, but, but when he does throw one, um, they've lost, as I said earlier, inexplicably, they lost games to the jets. They lost games to uh, Patriots. They've lost games to the Broncos. All those teams are horrible and were, and were particularly bad at the time that, that they, that the bills lost to them. Uh, I think the chances of the Cowboys getting a turnover are pretty high given that, given his propensity for, for picks and given the fact that they are so good at generating turnovers, right? Um, which is really, really important because their record, as you might know, in road games in which they failed to get a, tur- a turnover is 0-3. So they haven't, every, t- every time they've oh, lost on the road right. this year, yeah. it's because they have not generated a turnover, all right? So the interesting thing now, uh, uh, to conclude, the Bills – are like their quarterback, and I've sort of gestured toward this earlier in in the roundup. They're such an up and down team. They're seven and six, but they're expected one loss um, according to like the Pythagorean um, scoring is they should be like nine and four. They've got inexplicable losses to the Jets, Patriots, and Broncos, but they absolutely destroyed arguably the best team they played all year, the Dolphins, in Week Four. They sit outside the playoffs, but they have the league's fifth-ranked scoring offense and sixth-ranked scoring defense. I mean, they're, they're a good team, and I think, other than San Francisco, they're the best team the Cowboys have played all year. They're a significantly better team, and they, and they present much harder challenges than the Eagles do. Um, so the Cowboys are the more consistently dominant team, but the good Bills, right? The good Bills, the girl with the like the girl with the curl, the good Bills can certainly hand them a loss at home. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I I mean, I don't think there's any of us are, are looking at this six loss team and thinking, "Oh, we got this." I mean, it's No. No. You cannot look at one loss record. You got to throw them out. And so, listen, um they can certainly hand them a loss at home. What do the Cowboys need to do to avoid that horrible fate? I think it's time to learn all about that in Phantoms 5, my friend. It's time for the Phantom Pirates. Do it slowly. Do it again. It's time for the Phantom Five. Are you ready? Yes. Item the first. So, you know what? You you, you talked about them already, and I'm going to keep it going. The first one is Wild Man on the Run. Uh, You know, we talked about Mr. Josh Allen, um, you know, that having an up and down season. He threw three picks in their overtime loss against the Jets in the opener, but he threw four touchdowns and just looked fantastic against a very good Miami Dolphins team in week four. Uh, there's no denying that Allen is one of the league's better quarterbacks. 
certainly in my opinion. Um, he's he's finished in the top three in MVP voting in two of the last three seasons. Just to put a little bit of, just a reminder of how good this guy really is. As you mentioned, he's currently tied for the league league in interceptions, not having a great year in that regard. And as you know, if you lead the league in interceptions, you're just automatically terrible. We we heard we learned that last year. Um, Every Cowboy fan knows that all too, all well. too well. Yeah. So, but the question <laughs> is, which version of Allen will the Cowboys see on Sunday? Yes. Um, I think the Cowboys have done well against quarterbacks this season, but they can get in trouble when the quarterbacks escape from the pocket. And they, and this, they've allowed some very mediocre passers to get some cheap yards on the ground. And Allen is not a mediocre passer. Allen is doubly dangerous when he's on the move because he can get those yards running but he can also pull the trigger on some strong throws that can result in big plays. So I think the Cowboys, I don't know if the Cowboys have the secondary to hold things down for too long wraps. So honestly, I think they must do a good job of containing Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. Uh, it, this is a tough one because the Cowboys pass rush, as, as we've talked about before, is at its best when they don't really care and they're just playing with their hair on fire mm-hmm. and they don't care about like they're not a good mush rush team. They're best when they're when they're when they're, you know, um, running stunts and doing all kinds of stuff. But that, as we said, that creates some significant lanes for mediocre passers to get chunk runs. They just can't do that this time. Nope. I mean, you know, I mean, he's going to if you think about like. Josh Dobbs and Jalen Hurts and what they did to they did to the Cowboys with their feet. This guy can do so much more damage. And not only that, too, is when he does escape, it's it's not that you just got to worry about him getting that first down and those eleven yards to pick up the third and long. It's that he can chuck it down the field and all of a sudden, just like that, big play, and you know the team's back in the game. So it's it's concerning. I mean, Josh Allen absolutely playmaking ability is concerning. All right, what's, what's the second item here on the on the five? So the second one is Stefan versus Stefan. And so I'll tell you, you know, when the schedule came out, you know, we were all looking forward to the big matchups between the all-pro brothers, uh, Stefan and Trayvon mm-hmm. Diggs. Unfortunately, um, a knee injury uh, ended Trayvon's season prematurely. So uh, this took away the team's top cornerback. But we have been graced with the presence of second-year corner Deron Bland, who's having an all-pro-worthy yeah, right. season himself. So, um, oddly enough, it is the veteran Stephon Gilmore who, in my opinion, has emerged as the Cowboys' top cornerback. Um, you know, after ex Bill, ex ex Bill, that's right. Um, you know, after struggles against Washington in the first half against Seattle, Bland has now like gotten a little help, but the Cowboys kind of reeled it back a little bit. No, you know, knowing what they have here. Uh, but also they have given Gilmore some tough assignments, like sticking them on, on Metcalf. And then he was all over A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown. And the Brown did have, he got the numbers. But I tell you what, it just didn't feel like it. It just didn't feel like it. I mean, and he got in his he head. He got in dude. his head, yeah. I mean, he, Gilmore has done a fantastic job. So I think look for more of the same as they employ their most trusted corner to hassle the Bills' uh, most talented receiver. I don't expect a shutdown performance, but... You know, I think he can continue to limit the damage of some of the league's top pass catchers, starting with um, Stefan Diggs, you know, continuing with Stefan Diggs on Sunday. I like it. I like it. And I think I think Diggs, like Allen, is is a fairly high variance player. I mean, the, the Bills have maybe too many of those guys. And that actually may be one of the things about their roster that's a little, a little problematic. What's the third item? 
Yeah, so the third one is kind of goes with the both the first two. Uh, I really think this game is going to be one on the money down. I really think that, you know, the Cowboys offense, they're the best in the league with a 49.2 third down conversion rate. The Bills are right after them at 48.8. I mean, these two teams are both fantastic on third Dude, down. Dude, this is going to be Hearns and Hagler. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, both, both can, can get the job done. Uh, defenses are both kind of middling. Um, in that department, Cowboys being a little better, ranked 12th versus the Bills 18th on third down. But I do think sustaining drives and scoring in the red zone will be huge on Sunday. I think the Bills the, the Bills are very good in the red zone. They're second best at 67%. The Cowboys, while they weren't sharp early on, they are now moved themselves in the middle of the pack at 56%. Uh, these are the two of the best scoring teams in the league. So getting off the field... Uh, you know, on defense is absolutely going to be monumental for the Cowboys. Um, so I think how they perform on this third down is going to be, you know, very big. I mean, I think I think when you look at two evenly matched teams like this, and they are evenly matched teams, uh, the difference is going to be like cheap turnovers and red zone performance, you know? And so I think you're absolutely on to something here. So what's the fourth thing? So strangely enough, you kind of touched on this um, already. Uh, but it's something we agree with. And number four is called keep the ground attack going. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, the Cowboys were able to kind of build on something last week where they were able to get the the running game going a little bit with Philly. I think um, obviously the strength is, is their passing attack. They have the second most passing yards in the league, trailing only the Dolphins. There's no denying that we're going to see a good dose of Dak Prescott, CD Lamb and company. Uh, the big Bills pass defense is uh, respectable. Uh, 5.7 net yards per passing attempt. That's eighth best in the league. Uh, but the run de- defense, as you mentioned, uh, they're giving up 4.7 yards per run. At, that's fourth worst in the league. So I think the Cowboys running game is, is starting to show some improvement. Uh, they've had two straight games with over 135 yards rushing. In contrast, they only eclipsed that mark in two other games in their previous 11 games. So just a little sign of hope that maybe something's starting yeah. there. Uh, I think with the rushing game on the mend and the susceptible Bills run defense, look, I look for the Cowboys to find some matchups that they can exploit, take a little bit of pressure off of their quarterback. I, I think that I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, and it does seem like McCarthy is—I don't want to say forcing the issue, but he's definitely like he understands that. December football means you got to get a little tougher. You got to run the ball. And he's basically giving his guys reps at learning how to do that, you know, that he didn't need to do in in September and October. And finally, the fifth item on Phantom's Glorious Five is. So this one's called The Craziness Ensues. And I, I, I chose this because it just feels like some weird stuff when these two teams, you know, play each other, you know. We talked a little bit about the late game Troy Aikman pick in 93 that sent the Cowboys to 0-2 uh, that forced Jerry's hand to get Emmett signed. We talked about that. The, we all remember that wild Monday night game where Tony Romo turned over the ball six times. Yes. Talk about high-variance player. That was a high-variance season for Mr. Tony Romo for sure. Uh, but it led to a – I mean, they, they still came back after Nick Folk, you know, knocked down not once but twice, kicked that game-winning field goal, um, kept the Cowboys' undefeated season alive. And, you know, even last time they played in Thanksgiving of 2019, I mean, you remember that Josh Allen fumble on that QB, and he just, like, picked it out of the stack of players and grabbed it and then ran for a few yards to get the 
get the first down. And then Prescott had a lot of turnovers in that game where he's just getting hit yeah. from behind. And, and there was missed field goals galore. So I don't know. I just think we should just brace yourself for some madness. But I got to ask you, Rabs, as crazy as this game might be, what do you think it's going to come out to? Who's winning this game and give me a final score? Well, I, if you look at the respective offenses and defenses, the the Cowboys defense is not a great matchup. Like this is not a, this this offense rather is not a great matchup for the Cowboys defense. The, Buffalo is going to get theirs. Yes, but the greatest disparity in units in this game is the Cowboys offense against the Buffalo defense. Right, so uh, the Cowboys are absolutely going to get theirs as well, and then, you know that may be limited because they're not as familiar playing outside. They're not as good outside. They're not as effective or as aggressive outside. I still think they're going to get theirs. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to remind us a lot of like the Jacksonville game last year or something like that. So I'm I'm going to go with a score like that. I'm going to say Cowboys, forty to thirty-four. Ooh, forty to thirty-four. Wow. You know, I uh, I. I agree with what you said, but I just feel like maybe scoring is going to be a little bit harder to come by. Um, I've actually got these guys. So I've, I got some very specific predictions here that I would have. So and, and I know people are going to hate me if this comes true, but I think Brandon Aubrey finally misses a field goal. I think it's. Yep. I, I think he's due. I think he's due. I'm also calling for a big man touchdown. And I'm going I'm to go even further. I'm going to say it's going to be Osa Odigizua. I think he's going to get something weird. It's going to happen, and Odiggy's going to get it and run it in, and Cowboys get a defensive score. I'm going to have the I have the Cowboys winning this one, and I'm I'm taking that same exact Monday Night Thriller back in 2007, and I'm taking Cowboys win 25 to 24. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. So basically, we're both predicting a crazy, sloppy, close game. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that I think that's going to result in a little bit more scoring than you do. But basically, I think we see the game as being very similar in its in its, its basic fabric. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think I think it's going to be a fun game for somebody. And, and hopefully this has been a fun show for you. But that is all we have for today's show. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, some matchups you're looking for, or what's your favorite time of the year, let us know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver blue. And we will catch you later. Blast is missed.